Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock. Welcome to today's podcast. Today's podcast is a deeper dive on 2023, which is right around the corner, trends and solutions. My expert is my great friend, David Licken. David is an expert in mortgage banking and one of the smartest mortgage bankers that I know. He is founder and president of Transformational Mortgage Services. They consult with leading firms in mortgage banking on transforming their business. His podcast, Leakin on Lending, is well-known within our industry, and it appears every Monday. I can go on about what he has contributed to mortgage banking, but even better, David is an excellent person, and I am a thrilled to say that I'm a friend of his. He's a great person doing the right things always. My friend, David. Hi, David. Hi, Pat. How are you? So good. It's got me blushing. Like I love what one speaker said. It's like a baby wearing a diaper hearing that. He said, it doesn't show much on the outside, but it makes you feel warm all over on the inside. So. Well, I meant every word of it. And so before we jump into this topic, which is really, I think, an important one, since we're right around a few months before we know it, and it's 2023, talk about how you got into mortgage banking. Let's hear the beginning story. Oh, it's a great story. Thanks. Again, thank you so much. It is such an honor to call you a friend. And that is, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's just, you're, you're one of those people that's genuine and it's authentic and the fact that you're trying to help people through this podcast. And it's an honor to be here. So how I got into mortgage banking is I was graduating from college. I had a music degree. I did not go to college for the right reasons. I went because I grew up in Minnesota. I grew up in a small community and had the same 30 or those 42 kids that I started class with is who I graduated with. We all knew each other. So I knew how to get along with them, but the big question was, am I going to get along with the rest of the world? So my goal in going to college is to learn my social skills, develop my social skills. So I focused there rather than scholastics. It was, um, it was a mistake. I wish I'd focused as much on scholastics. <laughs> I went through, I obviously graduated from college, but that was really my motivation, Pat, to go to college was to learn how to get along with people. And what's the mortgage business being a relationship business, it served me well. I just wish I'd spent a little more time because I love learning and I wish I would spend a little more time learning while I was there. But anyway, I graduated. I went to my dad. He says, Hey, you're good. You, you and your this little group music group you got, they're good. That's entertaining, but you know, you're really not that good. You need to get a real job. So he said, why don't you go to work for a bank? At least you're going to learn how to balance your checking account. You balance channels with that. Was in college. So <laughs> I went and very quickly, I found my way into the mortgage division. So that was my entry into that. What hooked me has kept me here for 48 years, hard to believe it's that long, is because the, I was new, had no experience. The only way I could get any business is to ask everybody for their turndowns. So mm -hmm. I, my first loan was someone who'd been turned down three times by other companies. And I took that loan, found a way to structure it, and uh, got them their first home. And we're still friends to this day. And I'll never forget that. I, it's the trans formative effect we can have on people's lives by doing mortgage lending and doing it well, doing mortgage loan originations and doing it well. Well, that's a perfect comment for sure. And so when you look at your corporate life, I know you were certainly at quite a few companies in your corporate journey. What did you, were kind of the lessons you learned and certainly share them with our audience today? That's a great question. I think Life is, I like what um, Booker T. Washington said. It's not so much the, I'm, not, I'm less impressed with the uh, success someone has achieved, but more impressed with what they overcame while going 
to that. What I've learned, first of all, is that I learned this later in life is that I have dyslexia. So it explained while reading, why relationships are more important to me than reading. I have always struggled with reading, but it turned out that was a gift. So one of the things I've also learned when through my career is while I don't enjoy reading, I do enjoy communicating. And I found those that communicate the most effective are the ones that can have the biggest impact, whether you're an impacting as a manager, as a salesperson, a mortgage loan originator, or whichever capacity it is. The key is learning how to effectively relate to people, know people, relate to people, and then communicate with people. And I think those are the lessons I've learned over the years. I mean, learn mortgage banking. I've learned every, I mean, I'm a DE underwriter. I started in sales and moved on to the operational side and then have owned three mortgage banking companies, as you said, and been consulting for the last 22 years. So yeah, it's that's, I've learned the most important part is where we fail is to not effectively communicate. Well, I can't agree more than that. That's really true. And I'm glad that you said that because sometimes we think it's all about numbers and it's more than that for sure. So David, talk about you have been consulting for 22 years. You've seen everything. What were some of the lessons that you learned that you observed from your consulting life? <laughs> we have a tendency to be impressed with what glitters and looks big, Pat. And what I've learned is that that's not always the case. Don't despise small beginnings or humble beginnings. One of those humble beginnings was a phone call or I got from a guy by the name of Casey Crawford who says, I want, he, he Googled how to start a mortgage company and he, I helped him launch that company and myself and my team helped him build that company. And the movement mortgage story is well known in the landscape today. I still have the honor and privilege of calling Casey a close dear friend, it's like a brother, have been with him a good amount of that journey. And so the that is probably the thing that I think is probably the most important part about this is it's all about relationships coming back to that. While we have to have clear job skills, Pat, and you have talk about, I love to rather talk about your job <laughs> skills. Like I need to get you on my podcast. We'll talk about turn to do turnabout fair pay, but seeing this, I'm your guest. I think it's so important to have really, really become a true professional and it's surround yourself, especially in the sales side with people like yourself that can really get you those skills and it is skills is structuring. That's how I got my first loan was the skills I had developed in structuring deals. And I think we miss those things. And I think how we structure things, how many loans are getting being turned down Pat today because someone started in the industry, during this easy time, mm -hmm. recent year. And it's like, if you can breathe <laughs> and, you can, and you could talk, you can be successful and make a lot of money. And I think the biggest thing I get unimpressed with is how much money someone made or how successful they've been in the good times. Booker T says, I'm more interested in what you've overcome in the difficult times. And that's certainly been my journey and my story. So I look at what Casey and Movement Mortgage, all that he's gone through, and literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other companies, maybe over a thousand companies, I don't bother counting them, uh, that we've helped in this 22 years. And it's really about helping people overcome their obstacles and then not being impressed by the big guys out there, the big shiny objects out there, because you don't know that they're not close to burning out and uh, there's a Nova out there like a star burns out and goes away. 
goes dark. And then we're going to see a lot of that going on in this cycle right now. Well, that's a great jumping off point to 2023. And just to share with you, I did a recent survey for a MBA webinar that I was doing for them, where I did survey 2000 mortgage leaders. And this is what they said for the remaining part of 2022, that their number one issue was trying to improve loan officer productivity. Number two was recruiting, the famous recruiting. And number three was getting loan officers to prospect for realtors. Do you see 2023 being those same types of issues or what issues are you thinking are going to really be important? Well, certainly improving productivity. We all, I don't care what cycle you're in, whether we're in an expansion or a contraction cycle, part of the cycle, you always are wanting to work on improving LO productivity. Certainly, recruiting is a critical factor. We're, we we can never stop recruiting. I was I have a one particular client. We we're helping them with their recruiting efforts, and we helped them land some really significant uh, branches that have dramatically increased their production. The head of production actually said, "Well, I don't need to focus on recruiting anymore." And I go, "Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You're not serious. You can never stop recruiting." Mm-hmm. And but, but I got more than I can handle. I said, I didn't say you hired everybody to recruit, but don't stop recruiting. Getting <laughs> LOs to prospect for realtors is, yeah, I mean, gee, it's the basics. Everyone says, but is the realtor effective? Or are, they, are they going away? Hey, listen, I don't see that. It, it, I've been at this for 48 years. Everyone's been t- predicting that at some point in time, the realtor is going to be less and less relevant. Well, guess what? I don't see that happening. The realtor is well in place, solidly entrenched in this industry, and they're going to be working with consumers. Yes, if you are consumer direct and you know how to do consumer direct, yes, you can actually get it. And we do have clients that are getting in connection with the borrower first, and then they're referring it to realtors. Mm-hmm. We're not realtors. Now, I see some hybrid models where the LO and the realtor are trying to become one and the same. It'll be interesting to see how that works. I have one particular client that seems to be having really good success with that. But that is an, an, a relatively new model, and it's got lots of – there's a lot of potholes ahead for them and, and from a regulatory standpoint and other challenges. So I see those three things forever being the issue. We should always be focusing on those. But I think the bigger issue that I'm looking at is people are confused about their mission, Pat. Talk about that. What that, what did that mean? It means why do you exist? Uh, Simon Sinek wrote that book. It starts with why. The importance of understanding why you exist. And I, when I ask people, they go, they start by saying, well, that's really a good question, which means I got to think about it. So I think when people fail, so why, why someone exists? Like I know you're into helping people, become successful. I mean, you have a solid why. I have a, a solid why. Mine is, and I think yours and I, mine are very much aligned, and it's to transform lives, right. whether it be the, our clients or wherever. And what's so interesting about a mission, it's consistent. It never changes regardless of circumstances, regardless of market conditions. I think people are really confused or have lost sight of, maybe is a better way to say it, of what their mission is. Then the next thing is, on this journey. And if you go to my website, I'm in the process of redoing the website and we have this lock. So when you go to the website, look in, I mean, you go to uh, transformationalmortgagesolutions.com, you'll see in the upper right-hand corner, I have a key going into a lock and it shows all the pins and we have seven pins. And I'm in the process of defining those seven pins for our new website we're launching here pretty soon, hopefully soon. And the, the second pin that goes in, there's culture. And what culture is about, Pat, is how we are going to succeed. And it's about our beliefs. A lot has to do with those types of things, our beliefs, our, our uh, 
behaviors. How are we going to behave? What I love about you, Pat, is how you behave. Every time I'm around you, you are polite. You're, 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 I love Patrick Lencioni. He says, hungry, humble, and smart. I mean, you are smart as they come, Pat. You know your subject matter. And you are, you know, you're hungry to learn. The fact that sure. you're always asking people, you're hungry. But the thing I love most about Pat Sherlock is she's humble. She's always willing to learn. And I think we learn. That's how you roll. I want, I actually take more after that because I'm always working on when you have some levels of success and you can, you can, humility can kind of slip from you without even being aware of it. So I think sure. that's one of the most important things. So I'm give you a chance to comment on what I've said so far. Well, I appreciate that, David, for sure. And you certainly, you certainly have reinforced really kind of my strategy. But let's talk more about your thoughts on um, 2023. Obviously, it looks like consolidation, people exiting, all of those types of things. We all know about the the capital market side of our world, which is obviously highly volatile. How do you see this really kind of playing out? And and what would you what are you telling management teams uh, for 2023? Well, it actually plays nicely into the third pin on that lock and its vision. I mean, we first of all need to know who we are, what we are, what we do. That's we've already talked about that. But we need to know where we are at where our companies are at, where our staff is at. And again, a lot of people, I think, are confused about this. Uh, certainly, we have some uncertainty in this market. How long is this going to last? Are we in a rate environment that's consistently increasing? We're watching rates kind of improve a bit here. But or, I mean, overall, the general consensus is the environment and the conditions we're in is we're in a raising, rising rate scenario. That, But we look, we lose sight, Pat, of we're still at some of the highest loan funding volumes. The problem is we grew too large. Well, let me change that. Let me phrase that. We grew to the size that we needed to be to take care of the last market cycle. There's a huge spike. Now we're contracting. There's no question about that. Rates have helped us contract. There's other factors that are contracting, you know, the availability of homes and mm -hmm. then the, you know, the, the affordability index that the MBA publishes. Those are clearly some obstacles and create some more headwinds, but we ha can't lose sight, Pat, that we're still in some of the best uh, volume conditions. Mm -hmm. It doesn't equate to profit. It doesn't equate to success. If you we've got too many people going after a, a shrinking pie, yes, it's those and it's the jungle. It's the savannas, African savannah. Only the strongest are going to survive. So, David, when you look at 2023, and, and let's assume that rates stay fairly stable, which is even though they've been rising, and then we look at what is the, the, the topic, the most important topic that you're seeing your lenders, your consulting partners that you, you're dealing with, what are they looking to do in 2023, and where, where are you actually kind of directing them to go? So where does that really kind of fit for you? First of all, we always, I mean, I think your three points in your survey are spot on. We're helping people with LO productivity. Uh, I think one that's, and, and I want to comment, I, I think we work side by side alongside each other really well, Pat, because mm -hmm. you do the same thing. You're really helping on productivity. I think it takes multiple voices, and there's, a, in a, there's an old proverb that says, in a multitude of counselors, you wage war. We're in a war right now for the volume that's there. It, again, contracting down to where it's at. And you need to surround yourself with good counsel. And that's not a single person. It's multiple people. Right. So I think there's a real value. So I think certainly helping yellow productivity. And 
uh, I mean, right now I just got off a coaching call with one of my clients. I don't have her authorization. I use her name and, and it's a big company in the Northeast, but they're, and they're doing really well. She's the head of production and for them, and they're struggling with consistency. I mean, getting people to consistently do the things necessary. And you know, in a contracting market, Pat, you know, as well as I do, this is your space as well. How many people are struggling with doing the same thing? And it's, it's consistency, but it's endurance at this point. Are you consistently doing it in an enduring way that gets you the results you want? And along with that comes with recruiting. We're doing a lot of helping with recruiting and uh, we have an approach to that. I always say that you know, everything I learned about recruiting, I learned at a high school dance. And you're like, what? <laughs> I said, well, I was a skinny, scrawny kid. I didn't start shaving. I was a late bloomer. Uh, I didn't start shaving. So I would walk up to a pretty girl that I wanted to go dancing with. I go, hell, I would like to dance with you. And you go, when you grow up someday. And I go, I am a senior. <laughs> so I go, I've got to have a different approach here. So my folks, we lived on a lake. We had a nice ski boat. So I said, hey, would you like to go skiing with me sometime? And I thought that would be it. And it worked. I think <laughs> we have that we can attract people into what we have. Don't try to be something you're not. I mean, I was skitty scrawny. I just didn't like it, but it was what it was. And then, but when I mentioned lake, ski boat, have fun on the water, all of a sudden I got people more interested in being in a relationship with me. And I think that you say, well, that is false pretense. Well, yeah, I wanted to dance, but hey, it wasn't working the way I was going about it. <laughs> so I called this, what are you doing to attract people to your company? And that goes back to, you know what your mission, your culture, do you state it well, your vision, your process, your people and your leadership. What are you doing to attract people? What is it unique? And the other thing is everyone's talking about what we have, but it really comes down to, it's not about me, me as the company recruiting you, the loan officer. It's what me as a company I'm going to do to help you become more successful loan, answer, loan originator. And that's the most effective approach when it comes to recruiting is telling them, the recruitee, what you are going to do to help them be more successful. And I think sometimes, Pat, we get out there and we get impressed with someone who's just a top, top producer and go, wow, we need to have you on our team. Well, what are you going to do for me? Oh, we're going to make money off of you <laughs> because, oh, good. Well, I'm sorry. That's not going to ring the bell for them. What are you? You're good. And that's why I love working with the best of the best, Pat. You do this. I do this in our, in our consulting. I love working with the best of the best. Because it's a challenge to Tiger Woods or pick the best athlete out there. They have an, a coach. They have a consultant in there working with them on the most finest nuances. If you're really, really good, it may be a struggle to find out what you need to improve on. But I believe everyone can improve. And I know you share that with me. No, I certainly do. So when you look at this issue of going forward, and the reality of it is that a lot of times what I end up seeing, and I'm interested in your thoughts, is that the management side and leadership side with the mortgage banking really isn't that developed. And as a result, it's it's a hodgepodge of these little of branches all across the country in a system that people some people argue that it's almost broken because once the branch leaves or moves on, they're always free agents is what this boils down to. So talk about how you see this playing out, especially with an aged sales force, which is what we have as an industry. We are. We do we do have an aged sales force, which goes to what are you doing to bring in new people? I think right. that's a, overlooked part that's a whole nother topic but how we how we need to do 
again, it comes down to people, whether you're a seasoned mm -hmm. veteran many, many years or new. It comes down to the thing I was just talking about. What are we doing to develop people? What are you doing to develop the most seasoned veteran? And what are you doing? What are your programs, your education? You have some great training programs, Pat, some of the best in the industry. I think anyone who retains you to help them on their sales side is getting some of the best coaching and consulting they could ever hope to get because you're teaching the basics, the most mm -hmm. important thing that many people look. I mean, we look at sizzle and the bright, shiny objects out there get so much attention. And I think whether it be the latest technology, yeah, I believe in technology. We should use technology in every place we can that when it's affordable and effective. But it'll never replace the relationship and the human element that's involved that's in the most critical decision of any consumer's life. And that is how we interacting with them. So anyway, this is what I believe is the most important thing to retain the new and retain the old. Helping people grow. People want to grow. Want to learn. Right. So, David, talk about, and I'm glad you brought this topic up, the retention side of it. The industry, as long as you've been in it, as long as I've been in it, it still has high turnover. And this has been consistent over many, many years. And so what are some of the things that you've seen that's worked from a retention standpoint? Great question. A lot of people ask me this regularly. And here's the thing. Here's the key word. The word is fear. I'm afraid that other companies are out there recruiting. And I go, well, let me ask you about your wife or your husband. Are you afraid of having losing them? Well, no. Why? Because you nurture that relationship. You protect it. You guard it. You work on it. I had one of the things. I'll tell this brief little story. I remember the one time, you know, I, I consult mostly to the operational side of the business. You consult to the sales side, but it's principally true across the board. This one individual worked for me at a particular time, and uh, his name is Chris, and uh, did a good job. And then he grew up and went away. I couldn't retain him because he wanted to own his own, own and operate his own company. So he did. And then he became a good, he stayed friends. Uh, we kind of, <laughs> when he went away, I was a little hurt there for a little while. So uh, the friendship waned a little bit. But then I saw how successful he was, and he kept giving me so much credit for the success he was enjoying. But I had heard a rumor that he was recruiting my underwriters. Everyone, how many times we go through these cycles, Pat, and everyone is lusting after someone else's underwriter. I got to have that underwriter. And I'd heard that they were recruiting. And one of the principles I have always taught is you cannot be insecure about holding on to the people. If you're not doing a good job of nurturing the relationships, you should have them recruited away because it'll teach you. You got to get back and get serious about this. So sure enough, I called Chris up. I said, Chris, I hear you are recruiting my loan originators or my or, well, he's recruiting everybody. It's true. That was true. And he says, first of all, like, and I'm not, but let me, are you, you're, you're a weenie. I go, okay. And don't mind being salted. He says, are you at your machine back? Remember the day we used to have fax machines sitting behind us? I said, yes computer and yes my fax and my fax machine is right behind me says and sure enough it started right off he faxed me his entire employee roster he in faxed me their home phone numbers he faxed me their cell phone numbers he faxed me included in that list on their employee roster was their personal email addresses he says Licken, you taught me to be secure and nurture my relationships i believe i do a really good job but would you test them please come and recruit my people because if I'm not doing a good job of recruiting them and you can do a better job of nurturing them, I deserve to lose them. I don't deserve to keep them. 
Mm-hmm. It shamed me, Pat, into what I believe, it, going back to one of my principles. I think we have, we, many of us that have been successful in the business over the years, I've been at it for 48 years, been very successful at it, love this business, love the people in it. But sometimes we lose sight of the principles that brought us to that point. One of my principles has been nurture your people. If you don't do a good job, someone's going to love them and bring them on, and that's on you. If you're not doing a job. So I think it starts with retention is, are we doing a good job of ongoing recruiting our own people that work for us? Do we go out and listen to them? Do we ask them? Do, I mean, there's a whole, this opens up just a whole new world of how to do this. And that's some of the consulting I do on, on the operational side. I'm helping people, but it applies to the loan officers as well. Are we doing do we tell them that we appreciate them? Do we tell them we value them? Do we tell them, you know, uh, uh, you're doing well, but I think you can, you can, you can take valuing a loan officer to a degree, but are you challenging them to do better? And then how are you challenging them? And that just opens up again, a whole new realm. I'll pause. Right. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. And it's such a basic that I think oftentimes we just think this business is basis points when it's actually more than that. And I think you're exactly right. People want to grow. And if you're not helping them grow, then you're obviously risking losing them for sure. So David, in the last few minutes that we have, if there's a couple of things that you think that lenders should emphasize and sales leaders should emphasize for 2023, it's right around the corner. What would be, what would they be? It's right down the themes of what we've been talking about. Number one is value the people you have. Find out who you have. This is an opportunity if you, in the case of underwriters, if you had to pay big amounts of money over what you normally would have been. Yeah, this is an opportunity. This is the part about business that can be seen cold. You have an opportunity to downsize or downsize the cost and still upgrade your quality. So there's people that are very good underwriters or very good people that have been let go at other companies. And it is an opportunity for you to to hire them and bring them in and reduce your costs. And then let go of someone who may not be as good an employee or they're good underwriter, but they're really, really expensive. We got to right size our, our expenses. And again, that's, I think I say, well, I, had, I said that one time in my podcast, I got a call from an underwriter looking, I don't particularly like that message. I don't appreciate it. And I go, did you leave another company that you were happy at to take a almost a hundred percent pay increase? Did you not think that when the market was contracting that, was going to come back and bite you that did you think they're going to be able to pay that higher increased amount over forever the answer is no they had to do that to survive to get through their cycle and you took a risk by leaving security and a lower salary if you'd stayed where you're at you would have been able to stay employed now you're at risk they can hire someone who's even better at a lower price so i think that's one thing when it comes to what people need to be doing is looking at our balance sheet right sizing our companies and right sizing our staffing i am about recruiting and taking care of people i believe recruiting starts from within recruiting and retaining our current people what are the the big issues that you think lenders need to get serious about in 2023 well, first of all, we're in a contracting market, so they got to get really serious about their expenses. I mean, they've got to. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go to the low-cost provider who provides the greatest value, the greatest service at the lowest cost. So that's number one. We're seeing that. And those that are not going to it, we're going to see them go away or merge or either go out of business. But get ahead of that. If you are struggling with that, then you may want to find someone. Our M&A business, the M&A side of our business, Pat, is mm-hmm. on fire. Mm-hmm. I've never like it so if you're really really good then become the acquirer and then but do so wisely and do so with good guidance if you're one that's struggling to reduce costs and get your costs under 
were down to where they need to be, then you may want you and just say your skill set is just, it's looking inside and what are you best at? If you're best at sales, then go to work for someone else. Shut down your company, move everyone into another company, and and, and merge or sell your company into somebody. Uh, whether it be a branch or whether it be a whole company, go inside of someone where you get to operate in your greatest strength. I think this is a time for us all to recognize what number one, what our strengths are and find companies that need our strengths and form alignment. Now that can mean you can become the acquiring person or mm -hmm. you can be acquire or the acquiree, but we're going to be consolidating. What we're looking at is a massive consolidation. Right. Rightfully so. That's for sure. Well, I, all your great points that you made today, I think, David, are really worth our listeners to think about seriously, because I think he's certainly sharing what he's seeing in his marketplace and in his customer base. So words to the wise, listen to David. Thanks, David. They are really excellent points. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks again, David. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.